0: coming to us from milan um last time we spoke it was september 4th 2020 deep in the pandemic we're very excited to um have you again and listen to all the progress your team has made just a quick bio oh, well first let's uh you know give us the title of the talk here it's a directed self-assembly of xenogenic vascularized endocrine pancreas for type 1 diabetes And then just a little um, short uh, bio sketch here. Dr. Citro received his doctorate degree in medical biotechnology in 2009, and he obtained a PhD in experimental surgery and microsurgery in 2014, both at the University of Pavia. During his first research activity, he discovered the role of CXCR in a half pathway in the islet function and graftment, both in islet transplantation and type 1 diabetes models, This opened a new line of clinical research on the immunomodulation of the islet microenvironment. And since 2016, he has focused his research on regenerative medicine and imported to San Rafael the knowledge of multiple organ engineering and bioreactor customization that he learned at the Harold Ott Laboratory of Organ Engineering at the Harvard Stem Cell Institute in Boston. And organ engineering could both reduce the general organ demand and model diseases ex vivo and is becoming a hot topic to close the gap between in vitro culture and expensive in vivo research. So since 2019, um, he is the project leader at uh, IRCCS, Hospital San Rafael at the Diabetes Research Institute, otherwise known as the DRI. And the aim of his team is to study and characterize the interaction and engraftment between pancreatic islets, endothelial cells, and organ microenvironment with a dedicated focus on cell Uh, to extracellular matrix interaction in physio and pathological uh, landscape. So welcome. Thank you once again for joining us. And um, yeah, take it away.
1: So thank you, Monica. Thank you to having me again. This is a very great opportunity to share our recent findings. So um, as you mentioned, we are working in organ engineering. And uh, as uh, you can understand by the title, actually we are generating scaffold for beta cell replacement type 1 diabetes landscape. Uh, i try to make like a presentation to give a flavor of the mental the process that we used to engineer us careful that in this case was xenogenics vascularizing the pancreas so just a few words and i don't want to go deep in the islet transplantation uh, field but actually i want just to remind that when we isolate normally the islets uh, from the pancreas we are completely disassociating the pancreas disrupting the connection of the islets with extracellular matrix and the vascular network. And this is of course an, a huge problem because when we transplant back islets into the portal vein of a patient, islets require time after transplantation to engineer de novo their own specific microenvironment. And this leads normally to the loss of from 50 to 70% of the islet mass. So when we start thinking uh, and an and hypothesizing, yes, scaffold for a transplantation, we were looking at the original scaffold of the pancreatic islets, so the pancreas islets normally are really avid from a metabolic point of view, and they required and uh, they require a very huge vascular network in order to. Uh, Elicit their function, so fill the glucose and produce, produce accordingly insulin. So, but in terms of engineering perspective, we have to keep in mind that we want to minimize our scaffold, and so we were looking at the minimal requirements of the endocrine niche. So this is actually composed by three main building blocks. So we have the extracellular matrix, of course, the vascular network, and of course, the pancreatic islets. So as uh, was mentioned before, in 2019, we were able to show for the first prototype of our technology that we, namely vascularized allet organ. And this was actually composed by a decelerized rat lung left lobe that have been repopulated with uvex cells in this case and urine pancreatic eyelids to the trachea. And after seven days of culture in our customized bioreactor, we were able to show compartment integration and also in vitro improvement in terms of insulin secretion. And of course in vivo, ability to revert the hyperglycemic condition and preserve the normal glycemic status to the entire up. Of course, this kind of approach was like a prototype. And during these years, we Uh, try to customize this technology in order to bring this approach in a clinical application. We still acknowledge that the the journey is really long, but in order to um, understand which is the the process that we adapt, we are thinking that actually that our scaffold is composed by three main compartments. So we have the vascular compartment, the extracellular matrix, and of course the endocrine compartment. And all these three compartments can be separately engineered in order to fill this gap. So for the vascular compartment, we can use, for example, autologous subjects and endothelial cells, such as BOIC or ips derived beta, endothelial cells, sorry. And for the endocrine compartment, we can use different cell sources like human islet, neonatal pig islet, or ips derived beta cells. And still, the extracellular matrix can be modified in order to improve, for example, compartment integration or scaffold protection against auto reaction. So in this paper, we were using actually two cell sources. So the BOEC, so the blood-growing endothelial cells for subjects, and neonatal piglets. So why these cells? BOEG can be easily isolated from a single peripheral blood sample of 40 ml of, uh, from, of, from the patient. So you can obtain colonies, you can expand them, you can make, let them proliferate. And this is a really an advantage because, for example, here in Milan, we have a long waiting list of patients affected by type 1 diabetes that are waiting for electronic transplantation. So we have time to get their specific BOEG, expand them, and then biobank them in order to generate scaffold with syngenic, vascular network. But why MPIs? So this is a beautiful review from Ecole Likert in which he dissects clearly the difference between adult and neonatal pig islets. So from the to summarize the difference, the adult pig islets are very committed, mature pancreatic islets. They are able to de- make their job very easily and they can revert diabetes but the neonatal pig islets we can obtain a lot of these islets but still they are immature but committed pancreatic islets they normally require from six to eight weeks in vivo maturation to achieve function so why we select these cell types why we decide to combine that not only because we want to understand if our platform is flexible enough to work from UVX cells to boic or from rat islet to neonatal pig islet. But the, and, and the, the underlying question was, can the vascularized extracellular matrix improve the functional maturation of immature but committed endocrine cells? So to answer this question, we exactly combined those cell types. So we see boic through pulmonary artery and vein in day zero, and then we see the neonatal pig islet together with BOEC in the trachea the day after. And after seven days of culture in our know, customized bioreactor, we evaluate if we were able to engineer what we call xenogenic vascularized endocrine pancreas. So the first point was to understand the, the endocrine compartment maturation. So on the left here, you have the neonatal pig islet culture in a standard condition. On the right, the same islets from the same batch culture in the vent after seven days. As as you can clearly see in terms of immunofluorescence, there is a huge difference in terms of insulin amount. And this was also confirmed in terms of dynamic insulin secretion test. So by the fact that we have an organ in a bottle, actually we can perfuse through pulmonary artery, low and high glucose, and collect through pulmonary vein, the the outflow and measure insulin. And so we can compare this dynamic insulin secretion performance together with the normal dynamic insulin secretion test of standard MPIs. And as you can clearly appreciate, not only we have an improvement in terms of overall insulin produced, but we have also the acquisition of a biphasic insulin secretion kinetics that is normally associated with mature pancreatic islets or pancreatic islets isolated by uh, adult pancreas, I'd say. So we go deep little bit in the characterization of the endocrine maturation. So we compare after day one and day seven MPIs culture in a standard condition or MPIs culture in the VAP uh, in terms of fluorescence intensity of insulin, glucagon, and somatostatin. And as you can clearly see here, uh, culture in the island, the MPIs for one day in the vascularized ECM uh, is improving the overall insulin that, that we have in the scaffold compared to seven days old. MPI's cultural standard condition. And this difference is even improved after seven days of culture in our system in terms of insulin glucagon. So taking all together this information, this means that really that the vascularized ECM can be a potent inductor of endocrine functional maturation. but. We try to go deep a little bit to understand which is the role of the endothelium in this kind of maturation. So, it's a matter of the extracellular matrix or the vascular network, or the combination of both. So we make very easy experiment in order to dissect this, these things. So we do not measure the insulin secretion test only in the MPIs and the VEP, but we also generate some scaffolding in the absence of Boec. So these islets are in the excess aromatics without the vascular network. And we live in the culture for seven days, exactly the same protocol. And what we achieved actually was that, that the VEP without Boec have a little bit of improvement in terms of insulin secretion performance, but still... Still, they are uh, inferior in terms of insulin secretion and dynamics compared to fully engineered back. So this means really that the combination of the vascularized ECM, it's really a protein inductor of functional maturation, and are playing a really relevant role in this level of maturation. The second part was to understand the engineering of the vascular structure. So can BOEG engineer like UVEX, the scaffold, in the same way? So we stain for c 31 very easy things, and we... Uh, evaluate that all the scaffold was completely re engineered, and then we perform what we call a pharyngeography essay. So, blue beads were perfused in a uh, through pulmonary artery that were suspended in a agarose solution at 37 degrees, and then we cast the scaffold in minus 20 in order to understand if beads can be trapped in the vascular tree without spillage in the airspace, just to evaluate if the the vascular structure is tight and functional. And as you can see here by the beads, they were completely trapped in the vascular tree without any spillage in the airspace, suggesting that this vascular network can drive the perfusion to the scaffold to detect the pancreatic islands. But saying that you have a functional organ ex vivo does not mean that you have a functional organ in vivo. So what we decided to do was to test that in vivo and we decided to compare the VAP transplantation in NSG diabetic recipient mice versus MPIs from the same batch of MPIs transplanting kidney capsules or in the intraportal site or in the device list. That was a site introduced by Pepper and Shapiro in, in Nature Biotech some years ago, in which an angiographic catheter is actually placed under the skin of the mice one month in advance before transplantation. So we generate a pre-vascularized area and then we remove the catheter and we transplant the islet. So why we decide to compare these different sites? Because of course, kidney capsule is the standard for P islet transplantation. So we want to make a reference, of course, compared to VAPS. Intraportal for MPIs was one of the first time in which was able, we were able to perform that. But as you can see, we reduced the number of MPIs for transplantation. So it's 500 versus 4,000. Four, four and this is the reason why the liver is a very limited space for the transplantation for MPIs. But this is an intravascular site. So we want to compare if the intravascular site we have the same performance of the scaffold, that is a prevascularized scaffold. And we compare with the device less because it's a prevascularized. Uh, area, so we are comparing a prevascularized site versus a prevascularized organ. The web was split into pieces and implanted under the skin. So we tunneled an area in which we implanted the scaffold. So as you can see here by the glycemia curve, accordingly with the literature, as you can see by the black line, kidney capsules revert the hyperglycemic condition from six to nine weeks. So this is the normal time range in which MPIs achieve functional maturation. And I have to say that surprisingly, reducing, independently by the fact that we have reduced the mass intraportal side, the uh, also the liver works exactly in the same direction. Whereas the VAP, as you can clearly see by the blue line, reverse the hyperglycemic condition after three days of transplantation. And then it preserves the normal glycemic status still the entire follow-up. Wow, um, that's really,
0: that's really, a remarkable difference.
1: Yeah. So the the, the point here was to understand that if the graft is persistent after transplantation. So thanks to our collaborator in Munich, Professor Wolf and Elizabeth Kempter, we have the uh, chance to have IRFP MPIs. So some uh, last year we published together this paper in xenotransplantation in which we demonstrated only normoglycemic long-term Uh, functional mice have a preserved IFP IFP signals of the MPIs transplanted. So thanks to the IVS technology, you can track these graphs longitudinally and understand which mice has a preserved function accordingly to the preserved mass transplanted. So for example, in kidney capsules, there were some mice that were not, not normal glycemic, so we were not able to track the IFP signal, whereas in some mice, yes. In all the liver, we were able to track the function at nine weeks, and then in the VEP at nine, 14, and 18 weeks, we were able to track the IFP signals after transplantation. In the same time frame, we explained the graph in some mice and as you can see here, we have the reversal of the hyperglycemic condition. We decided to evaluate if the prevascularization is something that is really relevant and strategic for the function of the scaffold. And so we use this maturation protocol and combine these MPIs in the scaffold in the absence of the BOEG. So we engineer the scaffold, like like mentioned before, in the absence of endothelial cells. And then we transplant in NSG diabetic recipient mice. And as you can see here by the glycemia curve of these mice, here we have improved the engraftment of the scaffold but still we have function from four to five weeks after transplantation that is not comparable with what we achieve with the full engineered vap in the presence of boic That is after three days of transplantation so this information it's really strategic because it's saying us that the prevascularization it's really a key point in order to improve the engraftment in the bioengineering approach in general per se so then we decided to evaluate the level of vascular integration of the scaffold. So actually, how can interact the scaffold and the subcutaneous space together in terms of vascularization? And so on the left is the with prior transplantation. So this are the two pieces prior implantation. And then this is a picture of the VAP after seven days of transplantation. As you can clearly see by the white arrow, we have after seven days capillaries filled with red blood cells. After nine weeks, the picture is even improved. This is the scaffold fully revascularized on the surface. So we decided to track this information. And so we use a specific uh, software, this is called Tool software, that casts the level of the vessel on the surface of the scaffold. And then he translates this information in a computational information. So harvesting the tissue from one to 18 weeks, we were able to track the surface vessel density over the time. And as you can clearly see by the graph, we have a significant improvement of the vascular surface from 9 to 14 weeks compared to one week after transplantation. And we achieve a plateau at 18 weeks, suggesting that the surface completely vascularized and we have a full engraftment in terms of vascular network. So, in conclusion, what we can say is actually that the vascularized endocrine pancreas show compared to several control groups. And I'd now like only to thank, of course, the, my team at the Pancreas Bioengineering. They are very young, talented scientists. Uh, of course, our collaborators, internal, external collaborators. Lorenzo is our director, the founding agency. And thank you for your kind of attention
0: um thank you antonio i'm so sorry uh about the, some of these uh, we had a little technical difficulties i'm not sure where it was coming from can you back up to the previous slide for a minute
1: yeah so yeah so this, i mean
0: can you so so yeah. basically this vep showed revascularized ecms and in an inductor and functional and uh, functional npis maturation it's a superior ex yeah. vivo uh, endocrine maturation function compared to standard MPIs, and a superior and immediate function vivo compared to several control groups. Yeah. So, how can how does what you have developed compared to the um, compare contrast to the Vertex Beta implant product?
1: Yeah, I mean th- this is like um, uh, yeah, I think that this is a matter of uh, you know time of maturation and uh, uh, because it's different to say how it can compete. Uh, You know, uh, here we have uh, a structure that we are engrafted prior implantation, and we are uh, controlling the microenvironment before implantation. In the case of Vertex product, uh, you are implanting cells in the presence or in the absence of a scaffold, say, without really a control prior. I mean, this is, uh, uh, as I understood from by the of course the release of the of the information uh, in this case what i'm trying to understand also we are doing other experiment because the MPIs is a kind of mirror of ips or embryonic stem cell let's say something that is maturing over the time we are understand how you can tune better let's say, the level of maturation of immature but committed endocrine cells. For example, uh, in the same direction, there was a paper um, in BioArchive from Mike Sander that was suggesting that uh, spheroids generated by IPS, that can improve their maturation and function together with and Endothelial cells, and this is exactly in the same direction of these scaffolds. so suggesting that if you are, if you can combine, of course, endothelial cells. Prior and make like a something, let's say a microenvironment control prior implantation, you can obtain a, really an improved function compared to the standard that you achieved before. The question, of course, is the GMP application. Of course, once you introduce different cell types, different elements, you are reducing your power in GMP production because you have to handle with different cell types. So it's a matter to understand if this kind of scaffold can work also in a GMP-like grade and understand if it's able to work in this direction. On the other side, I will just underline one thing. Xeno islet can be really an alternative. You know, I mean, in, by the fact that pig can be genetically engineered by blastocyst, uh, you can obtain re- like... Uh, Edited cells without any manipulation after the isolation of the cells. And these, on the other way around, is reducing the manipulation of the islets in a GMP like grade uh, approach. So it's, you know, uh, two faces of the same coin, I think, and yeah. that can, can, can be parallel strategy.
0: Yeah, no, that's very, you really sort of did that uh, walkthrough very clearly. Thank you. Um, I wondered also what you thought about how this system might be used to illustrate, you know, further illustrate basically the phenotype of the progression to type 1 diabetes. Have you partnered with anyone to do that?
1: No, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we are, of course, we are using using uh, our scaffold uh, uh, like in all the perspective that uh, it's possible to imagine and also we are trying by the fact that we have an organ in a bottle actually uh, we are trying to you know study from immunological point of view as well the kind of reaction that you can have during for example allo reaction for example in transplantation. It's hard to mimic type 1 diabetic let's say progression because you do not have like all the components together. But um, if there are someone that wants to join and partnership with us to try to combine our approach together with the expertise it would be super because we are of course in uh, looking at the possibility to use our scaffold in this direction. We know that we can perfuse vascularly uh, leukocyte in the structure and then track them very closely to the pancreatic eyelids. It's a matter to tune the, the the let's say the the reaction that you have in the scaffold is another story compared to the transplantation uh, but yeah I mean it is well, something that we want to do
0: That's good because I have someone in mind <clears throat> that I spoke to last week that <laughs> might be a great collaborator so I'll, I'll connect you uh, both offline um I think this is a phenomenal um model system and I can't wait to see where you know how it evolves next uh, is and last question is are, are I mean, is this group still working very closely with the DRI Miami? Uh,
1: we actually uh, are in connection. I mean, we know, we know each other, but we are uh, not working really close. I would love to work close with them. So I know Alicia very well, for example, and this could be like a very joyful collaboration, but I mean, we will try to do so.
0: Well, that sounds great. Yeah, she's wonderful, and uh, with the you know the the new leadership um, with Matthias von Herath coming to DRI Miami, you know maybe some um, yeah. collaborations will be formed. So all is all is very positive. Um, okay, well it was great talking to you, Antonio. Again, apologies for some of the little glitches we had, but it was great. Um, great talk, really interesting. So um, hope you have a great rest of your day.